You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Welcome. What is this place? Never, never happened. We're going to bring ghosts from all over the world. Join us. The children are screaming. And we guarantee them creaky doors and creaky floors. Be sure to bring your death certificate. Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think your doomed happy thoughts. I guess ready to fly away to Neverland, where we are all doomed here. This will all make sense later. <laughs> We're all doomed to never grow up. That's what it is. See? <laughs> but of course, I am your head lost boy, Jeremy. You can call me the Spider Pan. Oh, and guess what? I know you've missed him. Lost Boy Eric. Retlaw, he's back! Hello. Yay! I'm glad you missed me. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm glad that a lot of things missed me. You know, boots, shoes, Promises you fruit. don't tend to keep, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Glad to be back. <laughs> yes, it's, it's been a long time coming. And uh, we, especially, golly, with with all the thing, crazy things going on in our lives, because you're you're still, I think, recovering from a move, and you've had your job change, and well, you're not not that he's working for somewhere else. He just gets to work from home now. Uh, yes, yes, I, I get to make a five minute or a five second commute from my bed to my desk. So, working in your pajamas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll say you're wearing pajamas. We know you're sitting around in your underwear, just like ha ha. The phone calls will never see me. And of course, I'm in the middle of transition and, and trying to purchase a home, which will start moving in November as long as nothing goes wrong. Because <laughs> boy, is we it's it's like a tightrope you walk when you're trying to purchase a home, apparently. And one little thing. Ugh. Yep, yep. It's never certain until you have those keys in your hand. Yep, and then of course we give those keys back because I'm putting on new locks because my wife does not like the idea of not knowing where the other keys would be. And I've mm-hmm. been trying to say, well, this guy Dan, he says he's lived alone in here for the last five, six years, so who else would have a key? But, you know, we don't know. He may have given some out to friends. And I've even had that thought because the doorknob or door set, whatever, deadbolt set that I bought, I noticed has it like four or five keys i think in there it's got like a set of different keys of it and i figure that mm-hmm. it's the same key for the deadbolt and the doorknob uh so i'm thinking well we could give one maybe to my in-laws uh you know uh, maybe even my well i don't know my, my in-laws would probably be more prone to come and help feed the cats but you know give it to my best friend philip in the case he ever needs to come by when he gets to where he can drive again which i you know i haven't updated anybody on that um they have activated his implant it's going to take up to two years of of seizures for this little implant to record the data to learn how to try to stop the seizures in his brain for anyone who's been following up on lost boy philip mm. whenever i mention him but uh, that's where he's at so hopefully in two years he'll be able to get his driver's license back oh good provided this all works so <laughs> but uh yeah that's another there's all kinds of other complicated issues that are not as much fun going on with poor philip so anyone who is a praying type please keep praying for a good old lost boy philip so he's still dealing with a lot of things 
But so I figured I'd give him a, him a key and stuff, you know. But having some extra keys for people who are like maybe if we go on a trip or something that could come and feed the cats and that kind of thing, you know, like well we have a key and like you know we trust you to have a key and if if we're home and you come and want to use a key, knock first and warn us that you're coming in. <laughs> Don't just walk <laughs> in with it because we may we might be it might be pajama day, you know. Yeah, so. pajama day. Sure, sure. Just like pajama day at work for me. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it would definitely be pajama day for a while till we get some uh, some blinds because our our living room is going to have this big open windows and it's you know, very nice. You can see outside, but there's right no right now no window dressings and we don't have anything that we own that we could put up to mm-hmm. cover it. And so, and the funny thing is, our master bedroom is kind of a sub basement. Huh. So we we're going to come up and pop up in the kitchen as we work our way to the bathroom. So. We're going to kind of enter the living room and try to, like, not be seen. Uh, you know, like, if I get up to go to the shower, you know, I have to go down from the downstairs and work my way and go up a, you know. It's not a full second floor, but it's, you know, one of those uh, mid-level, I guess would be, where you go up to this bathroom. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we do have a bit of a bathroom downstairs where our master bedroom is going to be, but it really only has, like, this nice hot tub bathtub where you can fit two people in it, but... You know, there's no shower curtain or anything, <laughs> so it's not really conducive for, like, trying to shower off down there without making a mess. Mm. So we're going to still have to shower upstairs. But, you know, if we just want to take a bath, we could do that in our own bedroom. How, how nice will that be? There you go. <laughs> With jets, even, so I can Ooh. scrub, you know, all the crevices. You know. <laughs> okay. Well, too much information. Let's go back to pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> back to pajamas. <laughs> Which I'm wearing pajamas because we're recording really early on a Saturday. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Um, you know, of course, Saturdays are pretty full for both of us. And uh, you know, in my case, I don't know where my Saturday is going to take me. So I could end up at the Grand Canyon. I could end up in Florida. I, you know, might even end up in Chicago. Who knows? What's in Chicago? I have no idea. I've never been there. Well, except for a overnight layover. Ah. Well, you could always go up the Sears Tower, uh, look for the uh, original Elias Disney-built home, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could also, uh, you know, look for the huge bean. Huge bean? Yeah, there's a, a huge silver bean in the city. Is this new? I've never oh, heard no, of this. No, it, it's been there for a while, but uh, no, it's a it's a metallic uh, reflective sculpture that looks like a bean. <laughs> I've been to Chicago like two or three times, and I've never seen this thing. Then again, I keep telling my wife, hey, we need to go to Kansas City, too. So, Yes, indeed. <laughs> and I'm still working on a grand tour of around Kansas City, because uh, uh, for people who heard us in ToonFest, we met up with another fellow named Christopher. Oh, I think he just goes by Chris. I'm not sure. Uh, but I am still working on planning to do a bit of a tour. He's got some great uh, Disney history in Kansas City that he's aware of that I am not. Uh, and I am thinking, I, I haven't heard back from him to see if he wants to do it, but Planet Comic Con is coming up again in March. I'm, I've got two different panel ideas to work with a couple of different people. One, of course, being some more Walt Disney returning to Kansas City, because he apparently came to Kansas City like he came back to Marceline. Mm-hmm. Uh, even involved somehow or another with Union Station, which would have been interesting here at Union Station, because that's, of course, where Walt would have boarded the train with a suitcase and a dream on his way to California. So... There's some history there. Uh, and the other idea, uh, for people who remember when we had uh, James and John from That Story Show, uh, James lives just over in St. Louis, and I thought, you know, it would be fun to actually, if he wants to come over here for a panel. So I'm working on some ideas, uh, which he, he hasn't decided if he wants to do it, I guess, yet. I haven't heard back. 
but I had had the thought, you know, to combine a little bit of what we both do, so maybe fans of that story show and our fans that want to come, I'm going to declare it that Disney show or that Disney story show. So we're going to want to collect and hear from you of some fun Disney stories, something that happened to you in the parks or, you know, any anything Disney-related in some fashion. A story you would like to share, we want you to send that to us in some sort of form that we can read and share at the panel. So we, we haven't confirmed that this is happening yet, but that's kind of the plan I have that I thought would be a lot of fun to be able to share some Disney stories from people from all over the place. That would be great. So nice. we have ideas. Nothing is confirmed yet, but I need to get cracking because March comes up faster than you think. So <laughs> we, we'll see what happens if we can get us a panel. But I think that's not everything we got going on in regular lives. Oh, other than all right, so Triple Force Friday. I don't. I haven't got a chance to talk about Triple Force Friday. Did you manage to find yourself some goodies? You know, I haven't had a chance to go out and buy anything. Surprisingly, working from home, I don't get out that much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but last night, um, we uh, ended up uh, being able to pop into Target, and uh, uh, I got to peruse what was left. <laughs> But uh, I'll tell you that uh, Escape from the Death Star board game certainly looks good. Um, yes. But, uh, you know, at the most, we've got ourselves some uh, new pop vinyls. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. But, you know, Force Friday is good. I've got a, you know, we've still got a couple months to go before the full Star Wars uh, uh, impact hits. So, yeah. But in the meantime, we'll I'm also trying out. to, yeah, in the meantime, I'm just trying <laughs> to save up so I can buy myself a lightsaber the next time I go to uh, Galaxy's Edge. Which might be today. Who knows? Well, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. If not, we'll, uh, we'll see. <laughs> I I did manage to pick up Escape from the Death Star because that was my must-have. That mm. was a definite must-have because I remember having it. Well, I didn't have it when I was a kid, but when I was in elementary school, you know, and you have recess might get rained out or weather. Uh, one of, I, I think it was third grade, third grade, there was a copy of the game that we could sit and play. And I would, when, if I heard re- recess, we weren't going outside, I'd grab it first, like, we gotta play this! <laughs> so, I bought a copy. Now, I had intended to play it last Saturday, uh, some stuff happened, we didn't get a chance to, uh, Sunday I was gonna go over to my buddy's house and play it over with Lost Boy Philo. Um, and I wasn't feeling well, uh, that happens to me sometimes, I, you know, I'm, I'm a medical mess sometimes. Hopefully it's as fun as I remember. I mean, this I was third grade, so it's been, what, 30 years at least? <laughs> Something like that. So hopefully it's as fun as I remember. But either way, it's the nostalgia. And it's a Star Wars board game. Exactly. Which, which oh, by the way, speaking of Star Wars board games, I learned some things this week. I uh, I had kind of a slow day on Wednesday. And there's this neat little antique store that's in, like, Parkville, Missouri. And I just happened to be in Parkville for one of my deliveries. And I went into this antique store, and there were some, you know, this is an antique store where uh, you can rent a, a section of the store to put your mm-hmm. specific antiques in, that kind of thing. So there's multiple vendors that have put stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were some people who had some classic Star Wars. Well, I don't know how classic it would be. It'd be, you know, the 90s Star Wars ah, figures. Power of the Force. Yeah, the Power of the Force collection. A lot of you know vehicles and stuff, neat stuff. But I went and I looked at another part, and somebody... And if I had the money to do it, they were selling like four to five dollars each, and I I didn't know if all the pieces would be there. But there was an Ewoks game, which looked like it was based kind of off the animated series in style, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that existed. Plus, there was a I think it was called Empire Strikes Back Hoth Adventure. Oh wow! Game. Didn't know either of these existed. 
but now I want them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better get them before Steve Sansweet uh, sweeps them up. Oh, you know, he's probably already got them. <laughs> <laughs> but four to five dollars each. That's the thing is I because I, there was one time in a thrift store. I did see the um, the uh, this the, the Escape of the Death Star, the, like an original copy of it. But it appeared to be missing some items. And I, mm. I wanted to make sure I had like it didn't have, I think, the cards or something in it. So I didn't get it because if I buy it, I want to be able to play it. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, it's not like an action, an action figure. Okay, I collect it, hang it on the wall. But if it's a board game, I'm not just going to collect it. I'm playing with it. <laughs> so, and I got, I got a lot of board games I haven't gotten to play with. Like, I've got a Lord of the Rings Risk. I've got Harry Potter Clue, which I have played. Harry Potter Clue is a lot of fun. It's awesome. <laughs> so, but I definitely, I've got to play this. And like I said, keep an eye on our Twitch channel because I will live stream and play it. And we might even do it more than once, you know. Maybe even some other board games. If people really like watching us play a board game, believe me, I'll, I'll keep streaming it for you because it'll be fun for me. I, I, board games are pretty cool when they're geeky stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <sighs> But anyways, uh, I think is that enough chatter from us? Should we move into some news? Because we have a lot. Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Alright, so uh, I have noted that you have to be careful with a lot of the news that you like Facebook, what pops up for being some actual news. So finding trustworthy sources can be difficult. Uh, but I have found Chip and Company, I, I personally believe that they're quite trustworthy, and they even have, you know, photos. They'll back up their story. So, but the Chip and Company has reported a lot of cool things this week, and one of them, you know, we'd heard there was going to be a Spider-Man attraction, I think uh, mainly set in, uh, in Disneyland Paris, but Disney California Adventure is supposed to get one as well right. mm-hmm. in 2020. And... What there, we, we've got a little bit of detail that apparently you're going to be writing in some sort of a thing, and you're going to get to like shoot webs, like you're helping Spidey out, you know, wrangling some spider bots. And some of this, I guess, there's a panel. I haven't gotten to watch this from the New York Com- New York Comic Con was like last weekend. But Scott Drake, who's a creative executive at Walt Disney Imagineering, explains some of these details in a video. And he says, when the mischief that Peter Parker gets in, where spider bots are released all over Avengers Campus, he needs all of our help. That's where we step up, we get in these vehicles, we go on this crazy adventure through all different parts of the campus, cleaning up and slinging webs right next to Spider-Man. Nice. I'm in. Sounds like fun. So we're not in. Well, I'm. You know, it sounds like we're not necessarily in any danger. But you know, it wouldn't be a Disney ride if oh everything's just happy go lucky. Then something horrible and bad happens. Oh no! So maybe a villain will show up. Hey, but and we gr- get the. Oh, well, I was just gonna say the great thing about a Disney ride, you know, when things mess up, you get to say, "Hey, I've always wanted to do this." Yes. <laughs> and believe me, I've always wanted to be able to shoot webs. I'm I'm a weird enough person. I'm gonna right, confession time. Like if I want the TV remote, and usually it only happens when I'm the only person in the room, and the TV remote is out of reach, and I don't feel like getting up, I'll either do the web shoot hands at it, like <laughs> bring it over, or I'll try to use the force. I'll even do try to use the force when my wife is sitting there and she'll hand it to me. I'm like, it worked. <laughs> See, well, I did a mind trick. Uh, but I'll try to use the force to bring the TV remote to me because I'm a lazy fat guy. <laughs> 
I'll confess to it. I've wanted to be able to shoot webs and use the force. <laughs> well, and now you can. Now well, can. in 2020, you can. Right. Well, probably a little bit later because i got to save up some money to get me a trip over to Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure. True. True that. <laughs> so well, uh, yeah. are you feeling hungry for seafood? You know, uh, seafood is not at the top of my list for any type of food. But I know that a lot of, for a lot of people it is. Well, the Coral Reef Restaurant in Epcot is about to uh, unleash a 30th anniversary of the Little Mermaid commemorative menu. So is uh, Chef Louis behind this? He might. Hmm. So if we hear so strains of Le Poisson. Yeah, if you happen to be a crustacean, stay out of the kitchen. <laughs> but uh, they have items like, like the Dingle Hopper Shrimp Cocktail. You know, it does say Chef Louis' Lobster Seafood Boil, so uh, he might be back there. But also King Triton may be back there because there's a King Triton, Triton Key Lime Tart. Okay, that, I, that I'm into. Who knew that they got limes under the sea? Well, you put the lime in the coconut and you drink them both. Oh, no, that, that's, that's the wrong lime. Which uh, I have actually gotten to do. I, you know, side note, you know those by waters because I've been trying to drink less soda. They mm-hmm. have a really good lime coconut one, and uh, every time I drink it, I think of that song. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> but yeah, well, so, if by does not endorse this show whatsoever, they're not paying me anything, but they are welcome to sponsor, and I will talk about your lime and coconut water because it's really good. Oh anyway. yes, yes. Well. <laughs> This uh, this menu is going to be limited time. It starts mm-hmm. October 19th, and you can make reservations through the My Disney Experience app, which I tell you, I absolutely love. And that's one of the main reasons why I want to get back to Galaxy's Edge is to use, actually not the My Disney Experience app, but the Disney Play app, because it is so interactive with Galaxy's Edge and Batu and yeah. Black Spire Outpost. But yes. Getting to be the spy. Oh, yes. I've, I've actually already got a couple of uh, badges on it, so. Nice. Yes, yes. I'm sorry, I'm taking over the podcast here. That's okay. <laughs> but speaking of The Little Mermaid. Yeah, and I don't know how I missed this, that this is, was happening. I guess they've, we've known about this for a while, but I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, well, we, we kind of got it mixed up with, you know, the news that a live-action Little Mermaid right. remake is, you know, definitely in the works at Disney. But on top of that, or separate from it, uh, we now have a live musical that's going to be coming to ABC in November. You know, much in the same vein as, you know, Peter Pan and The Sound of Music on NBC. Um, uh, Grease has been done yeah, live. A Christmas uh, Story. I missed that one. I wanted to see it. Um, but uh, yeah, I there there certainly is this trend of musicals making their way to the small screen and being done in a live performance. Uh, the Peter Pan one was interesting with Christopher Walken as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you gotta boy. just love Christopher Walken because he's Christopher Walken though. <laughs> but, uh, the, the certainly, um, you know, with the little mermaid coming to ABC, they've got some interesting names associated with this. Yes. They, and I actually, the cast I've read about this, I actually like better than any casting I've heard for the live action movie. <laughs> Now, I have a hard time saying her name. It's Ollie Cravalho. She's Moana. Yes. <laughs> Moana playing Ariel. I love that. She is I, I Moana. Think she did a great job. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Because uh, I, I think she did a great job at Moana for being her breakout debut of stuff. She sings really well. She's, you know, she's a 
like perfect age for it even. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited about that. But then they show Queen Latifah gonna be Ursula, and I'm like, dude, that, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Queen Latifah anyway. She's just cool. Ah, perfect so casting there. I think I love that. <laughs> and then John Stamos playing <laughs> Louis, and the mustache, <laughs> the mustache. I, I I can't help it. I'm I'm just loving this. Uh, so. <laughs> and then Graham Phillips will be playing Prince Eric, which I'm not familiar with him. He's been on The Good Wife. I've never watched that. Mm. But apparently he's done some live theater. Now, the the parts that I was kind of wondered about, it's like, okay, so when... Di- I love the idea of Disney putting their musicals on television and doing them live. Mm-hmm. But I would think, okay, so their biggest hits have been Beauty and the Beast, which granted I've seen that like two or three times on stage now. Mm-hmm. Lion King, which I haven't oh, yeah. seen, I want to see. Uh, and even Newsies. So you had these three big ones. I was kind of surprised. Well, why would you do Little Mermaid first? But apparently, you know, it's the 30th anniversary. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Plus, my other suspicion is they're trying to help push the fact, oh, by the way, we're doing a live action one again. Because people, I think, are getting tired of remakes. Yeah. Um, you know, so tossing this out there, it's like, well, see, this could be good. But where, where I'm, I'm wondering about this is from everything I've heard about the live uh, stage version of Little Mermaid, it's not very good. Hmm. But well, you know they they maybe maybe they fixed it up yeah since could then be. you know could so be. yeah it'll be definitely interesting to see what they do when this comes out on November and I just lost the date <laughs> it is November fifth ah Tuesday, there we go a Tuesday which is night weird. on a Tuesday yeah I mean you'd think this would be a big thing you'd want to put out I don't know Saturday Friday night well maybe they figure everybody's going to be out of town I don't know yeah doing yeah, fr- Friday nights are difficult when it comes to TV yeah you know, just just or, Remind me of uh, Firefly and yeah. What about Sunday night right after AFV? What? Well, yeah, Bam. yeah. Walt that Disney is Disney presents. night. Yes, yes. But I don't know. I, I'm not the one that schedules these things. They're weird sometimes. Sometimes you just gotta go with it. But well, there's something else I really wish I could get down to Orlando and see. Yeah, yeah. What What is this about? Walt Disney, Master of Dreamers, The Road to Epcot. Yeah, this is um, I, basically it's documentary. Uh, but you know, if you make a documentary about Walt Disney and you do it right, I am in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is gonna this is gonna focus, I guess, primarily on the ideas behind uh, Epcot. Yeah, I guess uh, we're gonna take a look a little bit of uh, like the 1964, 1965 World's Fair a little bit, apparently. Mm-hmm. And and certainly the the Epcot that we got was not the Epcot that Walt had uh, planned. So right, you know, to to examine the dichotomy between that and to see how we got to where we are now, uh, I got to tell you though, um, Epcot has to be my favorite park. I just, you know, every little bit that I can learn about it is is great. So you know, I'm excited to know that this documentary is out there. I don't know if I'll have an opportunity to see it. Um, it's only playing for two days in October, um, October 17th at 8 PM, October 24th at 6:45, And this will be taking place at the Orlando film festival. Yep. And you can order your tickets online, uh, even at chip and company, they have a listing. Uh, but I believe if you go to Orlando film festivals website, which, uh, like orlandofilmfest.com, uh, you should be able to track your way down over to the film and buy yourself tickets. If you happen to be in the area, um, I am hopeful, though, that after a time it will appear on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. I would um, hope so. 
you know, if it, if it's definitely if it's Disney produced, I think we should hopefully see it there. You know, with Disney Plus, I'm hoping that we'll see stuff like um, the Pixar story, uh, the Abiworks yes. documentary, the uh, um, well, and El Grupo. Oh yeah, and the mm-hmm. the boys about the Sherman brothers. Yes, um, yes Frank yes, and yes, Ollie. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. Because uh, I love learning stuff about this, so I, yes, please, <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Oh, but we we of course got uh, you know we, we there's things we expect every Halloween, things that are are to us cannot miss. I mean, granted, ABC a lot of their shows is going to do some Halloween special stuff, and that's nice. But uh, it's Halloween the great pumpkin, Charlie time Brown. Time is here. Oh yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> that's uh, we know when it's going to air. Tuesday, October 22nd. And thank goodness they actually moved it down to be closer to Halloween. Good. Because we got to where it's like the first week of October they'd already played it. I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> so, but that's, uh, I figure this is times Eastern. Uh, like 8 o'clock. It's probably going to be 7 o'clock. The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't something tagged along with it. Which, oh, by the way, tagged along with it, Toy Story of Terror. <laughs> so we'll air directly <laughs> afterwards, Tuesday, October 22nd. Now, because we get used to, like, Peanuts, sometimes they have, like, a second Peanuts cartoon they'll show after it sometimes. But, no, we get it tagged on with Toy Story of Terror, which I do enjoy that one as well. Yes. In fact, uh, as I was uh, had my surprise trip out of the house yesterday, um, I stopped at Target, and they have this available to buy. Toy Story as of a Terror? DVD, yes. Nice. So, yeah, it usually pops up like every year. I should probably yeah. pick it up. If they, what I would like is if they did a, a Toy Story holiday collection mm-hmm. and just put them all together. Because that's how I got my prep and landing, and it had both specials in one collection. Yeah, I was very happy to get it both in one go. Yep, yep. I've I've got that collection as well. Yes, <laughs> do love it. Alrighty, and so moving along, this is uh, I'm calling this from the weird news department. Uh, and I will try to get the audio here because on Chimp and Company they even covered this. But, so, somebody in, uh, what country were they from? I gotta find it again. <laughs> but uh, somebody named Crisco, Zoltan Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. I know, it sounds like he's greasy. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> he's no Hungarian. Comment. He's Hungarian. But he says that he's composed, and uh, you can you can hear it. Linda the Policewoman, he put the music on uh, a television show from 1984 in Hungary. And, and there is a part in the in the theme song that at least has one phrase similar to the 90s X-Men animated series. Da, 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 da. But then it, that's the only similarity, is that one line. Now, what are the odds that the composer of the 90s X-Men animated series saw this Hungarian policewoman show that nobody's heard of until this guy suddenly now, however many years... <sighs> Yeah. After the fact. Oh, and even the composer, Georgi Vuken, by the way, is composer uh, of the Linda theme song. Uh, but why then, why then is it that this Zoltan Crisco is the one suing Marvel, Disney, Fox, Apple, Amazon for anywhere that has actually had the theme song on there? Yeah. I don't yeah. know what he has to do with anything. And does he not know that Disney knows how to lawyer up better than anybody? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, which is, which, which is timely because with the release of Disney Plus coming out next month, how long have we been talking about it? It's almost here. Uh, the X-Men animated series is going to be uh, available through the service, along with the other 90s uh, Marvel Marvel cartoons like uh, Spider-Man. 
Yeah. And you know what? If they decide, okay, we just won't use the classic opening anymore. Have you seen what Japan did? They animated their own opening for the series back in the 90s. Oh, it's yes. amazing. And it's it's different music. It's a different opening. It's Oh, it's a fantastically cool opening. Grab that opening. I don't care. I'd be very happy to watch that in front of every episode of the X-Men series because mm-hmm. I'm going to sit and watch it I'm either way. I don't care. Oh, yes. Even though I own, I think I got like three sets of it, but they, uh, I noticed when uh, Disney Plus was getting closer here, they uh, it's harder to find the DVD sets on the Disney Movie Club, and I think it's because they were pulling it off of there so they could just post it on, make everybody get on Disney Plus to watch it. But I got mm-hmm. three of the sets, at least. Oh, good. Which is pretty much all the good episodes, because, you know, after you, after you get uh, past like the third or fourth season, it started, a, you know, this is like a different animation company, and it just wasn't very good anymore. They ran out of Chris, Chris Claremont stories to adapt? Uh, maybe so. That <laughs> <laughs> seems that way. I remember just seeing a little bit of it, and it was kind of a cute idea, but it was Jubilee and a bunch of kids, mutant kids that get locked in a cave, and she's telling them this kind of weird fairy tale story where all the X-Men are different characters in this story, and it's kind of a cute episode, but that's also getting close to where they just flat out jump the shark. Kind of a takeoff on Kitty's pirate adventure. Yeah, it kind of was. So, oh, but uh, you have any holiday plans? You know, uh, I have, I, I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going to put my tree in my new house. So not quite yet. I got some ideas. I think I'm going to put it down in our, our, you know, our big sub basement master bedroom, because that way I can keep the cats from climbing on it. Cause especially our kitten is our little rambunctious ninja kitten <laughs> and she'll tear down our tree. But, you know, uh, starting around November 8th, the Tree of Life in Disney's Animal Kingdom is going to have a, it's something called, you know, it's, I don't know what they're exactly called. It's like a awakening with a series of wintry tales. But there's going to be like this projection thing, which I, I think they did do a preview, uh, like a media preview already, because I've heard some talk on it. Mm-hmm. But apparently it's really cool, and they're going to project something on the Tree of Life, which I think they've been talking about for a long time of you know doing more projection stuff in yeah. Animal Kingdom, now the Oprah's at Nights. And here you go, uh, a, kind of a holiday-themed show starting November the 8th. Nice. So very soon. Nice. And I, so I would, you know, I, I'm sure there's going to be some video online as soon as it's really on there. I mean, there's some stuff on the Disney Parks blog, but of course, Disney doesn't want to show you everything. They want you to come and see it for yourself, which exactly, totally. So, yeah. Uh, and Epcot Forever, though, is the, uh, that's still in the process. I think uh, I don't know that they've started to debut it yet. They're putting some oh, finishing yeah. touches. Oh no, it opened October first. Okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been playing. Um, most nights, there have been a couple of nights due to uh, rain or heavy winds that they haven't been able to um, have the show go forward. But uh, yeah, it, it's definitely already begun its run. And of course, this is only, or Epcot Forever is not going to be forever. It's just going to be yeah. for a few <laughs> months while they're preparing for the next real spectacular to take the place of Illuminations. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of people are, you know, less than thrilled that Illuminations is gone. In fact, uh, we saw some um, uh, photographic evidence that the globe, the centerpiece of Illuminations, has been dismantled. Oh, uh, I saw that. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what comes after Epcot Forever. Um, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I haven't seen Epcot Forever yet myself, so, you know, I'll withhold my judgment until I can see it. But, uh, yeah. you know, um, 
there's there, there's definitely some good uh, nighttime entertainment. Well, here's something interesting though. Uh, vote for the Disney Points of Life Volunteer Family of the Years up on the Disney Points blog. I guess they all appeared on Good Morning America about uh, during the course of this week. But Disney Points of Light, they've teamed up to find the first ever Volunteer Family of the Year, and you can vote to send one of these families to Walt Disney World Resort and reward their organization or school with a $10,000 grant. Um, nice. These are families that they, they've they made their community better at doing different type of things. There are videos uh, that you can check out on the Disney Parks blog, so you can see what all the different families are. Uh, voting is going to be open October 11th to October 22nd, and they're going to announce the winner on Good Morning America on Friday, November the 1st. Oh, check this out. All right, so there is a Stormtrooper plane celebrating Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Yes. This is too cool. <laughs> so this is a so uh this is Disney with LATAM Airlines Group. They just unveiled Latam. this. It's a Boeing 7 Latam. Okay, mm-hmm. I thought with a capital letters it was <laughs> it was a, a, a whatever you call it with a capital letters. But anyway, so it's a special edition Boeing 777 aircraft. That is, uh, they did this at in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and this was designed by Disney's creative team. And uh, let's see, how can you fly it? The aircraft will fly from Sao Paulo to destinations including Orlando, Miami, Madrid, Frankfurt, Paris, and London. And while in the air, passengers will be able to enjoy all ten films of the Star Wars collection on Latam's onboard entertainment platform, Latam Play. Nice. During the unveiling, uh, some of the customers in the in the maintenance center at Sao Paulo, I can't say these these names. I'm sorry, uh, but they were surprised with an all inclusive trip to experience Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World Resort. So what did they actually take people who went to the thing and say, "Hey, hop on the plane. We're going to fly to Orlando." <laughs> <laughs> it could be, man. That's times that I wish I was I was not here in America. <laughs> like if I'd have been since Brazil, I could have hopped on this plane. Wow. Oh, wow. Such neat stuff. All right. Well, you know what? I think it's time we visit the trailer park. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that shovel. Come here. Get him, Mama. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. In fact, you know, when we go in the trailer park, we should probably go onward into the trailer park. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. Well, let's get this quest going, then. In times of old, the world was full of wonder and magic. But times change. I'm a mighty warrior! Morning, Mom! Hey, birthday boy! By the laws of yore, I must dub thee a man today. Kneel before me. That's okay. I have a gift from your dad. He just said to give you this when you were both over 16. No way! It's a wizard staff. Dad was a wizard! What? Your dad was an accountant. This spell brings him back. For one whole day, Dad will be back. What? Back? Like back to life? That's not possible. It is with this. I'm gonna meet Dad. to bring the rest of him back. Until then, ta-da! Oh, that's great. Dad, you look just like I remember. 
No, that doesn't work. Growth spell! We grow the can, and then the gas inside will grow with it. Oh. Elbows up! I'm trying to focus here! Focus! Focus! Holy! Oh, it! It worked! The can is huge! And the van is huge! And you're... Oh, no. Okay, so we knew it was, you know, Disney Pixar, we knew it was going to be good, and we knew they were going to pull at the heartstrings, and they, they basically showed us, oh, yes, that's going to be about two boys trying to, uh, you know, reconnect with their lost father, where they, they can magically bring him back for 24 hours. There's your heart pull right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it's coming. We've been warned. <laughs> I got the feeling that uh, there's going to be a lot of duck spitting in people's eyes. In the movie yes. theater. <laughs> I sweaty with respect. Oh, yes. Chris Pratt and Tom Holland are going to be so much fun together. Uh, this just looks like it's going to be tons of fun and imaginative world where, you know, I could see it being compared to like you've already got kind of the hidden world of Harry Potter. Yeah, that's okay. You know, it's going to be fun. It's all your fairy tale stuff. And I still love the fact that everybody lives in a mushroom like it's the Smurfs or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and just the fact that it's, it's, it's a... A modern fairy tale society. You know, how yeah. does that look? And, you know, if there's anything Pixar is great at next to story, it's world building. And, yes. you know, really making you believe that, you know, this is a lived in world. So I'm very excited with what I've seen from this so far. And I'm looking forward to what they've got. Plus, this is a story about two brothers. I don't think Pixar has on done that. Were they on their way? Or they're going to be on their way? <laughs> Is one wearing blue and the other gray? Now that I think about it, because I, I wonder. I didn't oh, even watch the man. trailer again. Maybe they are wearing blue and gray. Oh boy! They have blue skin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hope there's no cannonballs in this. Uh, I hope not. Other than jumping into some water. <laughs> but you know, uh, but again, it's. I don't think that they've explored a relationship between two brothers. You know, they've certainly had relationships between best friends. Parents and children. You know, I'm really looking forward to what this may say about brothers. I've got two brothers of my own. And so, you know, and, and just the, you know, the whole big brother, little brother, adversarial, you know, noogie relationship is, you know, I, I'm excited to see how Pixar looks at this. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that this version of a modern world of fairy tale is going to be a lot better than that Will Smith movie on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> how bright of you. <laughs> for a bright movie that was a sure dark one and i'm, I'm kind of glad i didn't watch it because it just didn't look good and then i heard all the bad stuff and i was like yeah see i'm glad i didn't watch it i'd rather watch some christmas stuff so because christmas stuff in netflix has been good i'm kind of excited to see what they come up with because i've heard we got a sequel to that kurt russell santa claus movie potentially oh, coming i and i hope so uh, so anyways but so, yes, still very, very excited for that, but also excited to, you know, I haven't gotten to do any of the Void things at this time. Mm, yes. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, neither uh, have I. Have, 
we did have a couple people on to talk about the Star Wars Void experience, which sounds excellent. But now Void will allow you to be an Avenger. Drafted into the initiative. Yeah. You get to wear some Iron Man armor. <laughs> looks a little look like part of the armor like so one of kind of almost has a Black Panther look so it's like a yeah. mixture of some Black Panther and Iron Man so it looks really cool and I guess Doctor Strange is the one sending you out on the on some sort of mission or whatever but oh this is gonna be so cool so um, it's the trailer is really it's a lot of music and stuff and there's a little bit of dialogue but let's just say go go on YouTube and look this up and be excited for the potential I mean the void you actually literally get to walk through something with your headset on and whatever gear to make you feel like you're really there. And if you were to look at your hand, you're going to see your character hand. Mm-hmm. But you get to literally walk through an area in a maze, and where you see wall, there literally will be a wall there. And you have to solve puzzles and fight bad guys. I mean, oh. and Well, and the great thing about The Void is it's not just a knockoff um, game company that's putting this together. This is ILM. Oh yes, so and they're good at this kind oh, of thing. Oh yes, they're, you know, you're. It's a top-notch experience. You know, considering what they've had with the Star Wars experiences, and now moving on into Marvel, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all works out and and fits. But yeah. I'll tell you, having the the cast from the movies be a part of this really is yes. what cements it. Oh, that's so cool. And didn't they? Uh, I. I I think I saw something that the Void, or was it the Void or somewhere else, was making a Ghostbusters experience that would oh, be wow. exciting, too. Yeah, that would be really good. I remember really seeing good. something about that. I don't know <laughs> if it was the Void or if it was someone else was making it. Somebody will have to let me know, but that sounded really cool. <laughs> so, well, it's speak, Ghostbusters yeah, thing. Well, you know, and Ghostbusters, I'll tell you, i got to get that reboot. Or the... Re- the, the yeah, um, the remastered. Remastered. Yeah, so I can earn all the achievements all over again, and even maybe uh, maybe I can go online with it, so I can actually earn those achievements as well, because I never get to get to get those outside achievements. Oh, hey, so, you know, we'll I'll, yeah, I'm I'm sorry to take away the, the 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 thrust of what we were going for. Hey, but it's still movie related, right? Right, right. And I, right. I've got Ghostbusters for the PS2, and only played maybe the first couple of boards on it. So I I, oh. I, I need to pick I it up. I need to do it. You didn't get the full version that, like, was on the Xbox and the PS3 then. You didn't get the really good version. Right. So, oh, you totally got to do this. <laughs> if we both get on the PS4, we have to find a way we can play it together. We might have to get, like, memberships. But, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. We will bust some ghosts. We could really bust some heads, spiritually speaking, of course. But uh, speaking of, uh, you know, you know, love is exciting and new. So come aboard. We're expect- Wait a minute. Wrong cruise. Ah. <laughs> So we got a trailer for the Jungle Cruise. Legend has it there is a tree in the Amazon that possesses unparalleled healing powers. And the arrowhead is the key to unlocking it. Stop her! Hello. Uh, just wanted you to know, this has been mislabeled. He's shipping out, lads. Of all the jungle cruises you can take in the Amazon, this one is undoubtedly the cheapest, but also the most thrilling. Heads up, coming through. Look out! Marauders. Natives. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for. The backside of water. 
Steve's wonder of the world. We're headed up river to Lagrimas de Cristal. We must secure our travel. Come on. Hello? Not a good time. My brother and I are looking for passage up river. Please go away. I have a lot of money. If you believe in legends, you should believe in curses, too. You're gonna beg me to turn back. Well, I look forward to disappointing you. 10,000 to bring you there alive. Dead is 15,000. Why should I pay more dead? Dead, I'd have to carry you. Dead's a lot harder, lady. Here we go. Oh, God, sorry, Frank. Sorry, strong form. Swim. You booked a river cruise and you can't swim? The price just went up. Now this, uh, I think a lot of it is sort of, sort of what I expected, but I'm a, uh, I'm kind of surprised because I, I, I kind of thought that this might be that you have like this. Maybe Harden, it's the rock as a jungle skipper. Mm-hmm. So then I thought Emily Blunt would be playing somebody who's really not comfortable with being in the jungle. And by the end of it, she's going to turn in and learn to become awesome at this and maybe even have to bail the rock out of some sort of sticky mess. I th- kind of thought maybe it was going that direction. But mm-hmm. from the, some of the clips, she's somewhere across between Ann Jones and Jack Sparrow, the archaeologist or something, because she's getting lucky and doing some goofy things on a ladder. Yeah. So, But it yeah, almost seems get... like she's almost flying by the seat of her pants almost by accident. So. I'm not sure where they're going with this. If they do this right, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it could be. It could be. You know, the thing that got me about this, uh, I first watched the trailer on my tablet, which is fine. Um, But it wasn't until I watched it on my television screen that I really picked up on the fact that The Rock is operating a fake cruise. Yes. That, you know, he's (laughs) he's triggering hippos to come up out of the water or that the natives who are attacking – you know, are working for him. <laughs> I love the backside of water bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's too cool. So, you know, it, it, this is definitely going to be an interesting take on it. And I think, you know, acknowledging the fact that the Jungle Cruise is supposed to be a little bit goofy um, yeah. is, is, is definitely taken to heart. You know, for, for the moment, though, I'm kind of calling this Pirates of the Jungle Cruise because of the mystical... Yeah aspect of the storyline so we'll we'll have to see what happens with it yeah i think they're trying to tie in a little bit of the vein from maybe the mummy films the Mm -hmm. the the, um the brendan fraser ones or you know a little bit of indiana jones ish kind of fun yeah with i'm I'm sure they're going to take some of the inspiration also from uh because the jungle cruise was inspired by uh what is that movie doggone it uh the african queen yes i bet they'll they'll do some nods to that as well i should probably go watch that movie sometimes just so i can get it because i bet they're going to do some stuff Mm mm-hmm I'll bet. You know what would surprise me really, though, is if there is no romantic relationship at any point between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm, I uh, kind of think Disney would try to maybe go that way. So, well, they don't have to be romantically evolved because that makes some people happy. Like, why do they always have to be the love interest? You know, yeah. so they might go that direction. Mm-hmm. That's fine. As long as you make a good story and I'm having fun, I don't care. Exactly. Although we do like love, exciting, and new. Okay. That's a long way to go to get to where I could sing that again. Sort of a special surprise trailer, well, more like a teaser, dropped, though, 
this weekend, and I'm throwing it into the show. Uh, I did not expect this at all. I did not know this was even being made. Now, I know the Dr. Doolittle character and movies are based around a book and perhaps a book series, and I don't know, like, the original film, how closely it followed any of the books. I don't think I've seen the entirety of the original Dr. Doolittle. I have seen the Eddie Murphy Dr. Doolittle and I think it, it they seem to have taken more of uh, their own approach to the, the character. Uh, but now we have Robert Downey Jr. starring as Dr. Doolittle in a... looks like an, a, to be an adventure film. Uh, and it looks in similarity to the old film with maybe some, um, some stuff we would expect with the producers from Maleficent and the uh, Alice in Wonderland producers that are working on this. The funny part is, is they're working on this for Universal Studios. But we got to take a look at a teaser, and I don't know if I have enough to go on other than Robert Downey Jr. being in it to say that, you know what, I think I would give this a look uh, to just to check it out. It could be a, a fun, adventurous movie. It's talking animals and Robert Downey Jr. And so that, to me, says enough to where I'm curious about what this film's going to be about. I'm sure we'll learn more about it in the coming months as it is supposed to be released in January. To Disney and beyond. Well, you know, as, as much as as much as you enjoy, you know, the lounge singer music, you know, it is October, and I think no, maybe, I think maybe we should take music in more of a dour direction. Anyone feeling like chanting? I don't know. <laughs> so we can hire some Gregorian monks. Well, the, the, the lyrics I believe that you are looking for, uh, let's see here if I can pronounce my Latin, Dies irae, dies illa, which means the day of wrath, doom impending. This is part of a requiem mass. They were they would kind of do this, I think, even at funerals. Uh, we found the name of the guy who, uh, who composed it. It's like Thomas of Celano. Mm-hmm. I think I'm saying that right. But uh, this became a Gregorian chant in the medieval ages. Now, why do we bring this up? It seems weird because it's a requiem. It's a funeral mass with some very dark tones. Why in the world, why in Neverland are we talking about this? You know, it's the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living together. Oh, wait. No. Sorry. Which... I. Almost appropriately to this, I uh, I did some quick research because we were watching Ghostbusters this week, and during that scene, they're in the car with Ray and uh, Winston. They're talking about um, they actually do quote from the Book of Revelation, but he says it's in seven twelve. That is incorrect. The verse that they quote is actually Revelation six twelve, and it does talk about Judgment Day. You know, or well, not really Judgment Day. But they call it in the movie. They're saying it's Judgment Day, Day of Wrath. I would have been, I wouldn't have been surprised to hear DSE Ray in that because it is supposed to be like a Day of Wrath. It is this Judgment Day connotation, and because you know the copyright holders are centuries dead, uh, film filmmakers have been using this since. I mean, golly, the early days, even silent film, because they would have some music for even a silent film that was played live there as you were watching the movie, and DSE Ray has been used give you this dark or doomed feeling right and, and, and modern composers have been using it ever since well and it comes from the fact that it's it's written in a minor key um it's a descending tone which means generally if, if you've got notes going down it's a tone of sadness or of darkness as opposed to tones and notes going upward to indicate happiness and joy 
And the interesting thing, uh, like the first couple notes, I believe it's the uh, F and E. Mm-hmm. They're only a half step away, and when you use two notes that are half step away, it sounds irregular to us. It's a little... I know, it does things with you mentally. Yeah. This is part of, it's the language of music. So those, those first couple notes, just being a half step away, are always different than what we expect. So it creates this tone. Now, the, the composers, sometimes they directly quote it. Sometimes they, uh, they'll play with it just a little bit, but it still gets the feeling. And probably the most direct quote really done in any film is the opening of The Shining. You can hear it directly. So if you're not familiar with what these tones, believe me, by the end, you're going to be hearing it so much that when you watch a film and you hear it, you're going to be nudging your wife. That's what I do. <laughs> like, oh, there it was. So, but let's just, I, I, these are in no particular order. Uh, some movies that are, that, uh, well, of course, one of these movies I've never seen, uh, but you pointed out one, but Star Wars. And it's used more than you think. I mean, let's go with the obvious time in Star Wars. You'll hear this as Luke uh, is going to check on Uncle Owen and Aunt Rue after he realizes that the, if they trace the, droid, the droids to the Jawas, they may trace them back home, and he rushes over there. You kind of have it kind of underneath, but then you have a big... As Luke has now faced his destiny, he has seen a, a doomed thing and a day of wrath. And I love, I gotta give credit to Mark Hamill's acting, the look on his face as he gets there, then he looks down, and then he looks back up. The change in his face. He's now resolved. So much. Yes. Mm-hmm. The day of doom has come, and things are, they are changing. But the surprising use in Star Wars that I had forgotten about until I was listening, by the way, if y'all check out a, a, a podcast called The Soundtrack Show with David W. Collins, he does. If you love movie scores, you're going to love this podcast. But he even pointed out the Star Wars main theme. Now, okay, this is Luke's theme. This is the main theme. Dun, 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 dun. You don't hear DSD Ray, but the resolve of the melody. DSD Ray. It's quick, but it's there. Then it's, it kind of shows that they are the struggle against a doom of the Empire. It kind of brings that little bit of struggle in there. So, very, very cool. Hmm. Now, uh, the Dark Crystal I listed in there, do you happen to know where it is used in the Dark Crystal? I don't. In fact, in, in most of these, well, I know we've been discussing this a little bit. Um, I honestly am not even aware in most of these <laughs> where it appears. Great. I get to I get to educate you. So the Dark Crystal, and you're, you're going to find this to be obvious of when they use it, but in certain scenes, because the Dark Crystal, if you've if you've seen the movie or if you haven't, maybe you've watched Age of Resistance and you haven't seen the original film. I don't know. But it's all pending upon this great conjunction where three suns shine as one. And when this happens, you know, the great conjunction causes great change, sometimes good, sometimes bad, upon uh, the world of Thra. And... As the crystal remains cracked, if, if, if the Great Conjunction comes, then it will revitalize the Skeksis and they will live forever as things are. And it'll be very dark and very bad. So as we have these wide shots, sometimes we're watching the, um, the mystics maybe journeying. But we get a look, though, up in the sky as the suns. And anytime we really are watching these suns, they're coming closer slowly. We have...
this year because doom is like pending a judgment is coming that could be good or bad and it's slowly approaching throughout the film and anytime we get this look and as we're getting even at the final moment where Jen is I'm, okay. Spoiler warning: Jen is there with the shark on the crystal. It clicks up hard because, like, this is like the moment. It's da -da 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 -da, and it builds up, and then. <clears throat> And then boosh, you know, it's yeah. Um, this is what I don't want to spoil, so I'm just and boosh is what we're gonna get. Boosh. Hey, come on, you paid to listen to it, right? It was free. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, and that's I think one of the times we were watching that the, the film before the Age of Resistance came out, and I think I was nudging my wife on the couch, like, oh hey, you hear that? You hear that? I think I'm annoying her with it too much. Because <laughs> Once you hear it and once you get it, you'll be catching it all the time and you'll get excited to hear it. About this next clip, I have not seen all of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, well, you know, it, while you may not have seen all of it, you know that there's kind of this, you know, ethereal, you know, why are these aliens coming? You know, what are they here for and why are people attracted to Devil's Tower out in uh, South Dakota? Um, or is it Montana? I don't recall now. But, you know, there, there is this kind of sense of dread as, you know, why are they here? What are they doing? And as you listen to the score, it does They've pop come up. They've our butterfingers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping now. <laughs> Go ahead. No, but but that that you know that's what it is. You know, everyone who's examining, they don't know how to, you know, you know why are they here, and you know, and and they come up with the communication of using music in and of itself, which you know is even still just a slight variation on the DSI day. Um, but yeah, it, it ties into the theme of the movie. Hmm. I'm gonna have to watch all of that movie. I've only, like I said, I've only seen half of it. It's very interesting, but mm -hmm. I've never gotten to finish. <laughs> now, Jurassic Park made a lot of use of this. Sometimes directly, and sometimes it's, uh, it's like, I think, subtly hinted. Now, where you'll mainly hear this, uh, and the soundtrack, I think it's only labeled for the, um, the scene where they're climbing up the electric fence as uh, Laura Dern's character is slowly working her way to turn the power on as she's walking through. But you'll also hear it as uh, I know what can't yeah Ellie Sattler that's you know, and the uh, and Muldoon are with with well yeah it's them driving over to where the T Rex attack has already happened before they find of course uh, Doctor Malcolm there with a broken leg. Mm -hmm. But you'll hear this kind of sus suspenseful version of DS Ray kind of just repeating kind of rapidly. Uh, and both of those scenes uh, really kind of adding the dread of like, oh my gosh, everything has gone bad. This is a day of doom. The dinosaurs are loose. We're going to die.
if, if you listen closely, you can even hear it in the main theme. Now, John Williams says, exactly. Yeah, he added that extra high note. Do, 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 do. But if you take that out, do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. Just like, this is beautiful, but this was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one thing I even find interesting, the raptor theme, it's not a direct quote, but you still hear it when, da, 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 and you can almost sing Dies Irae to it. It's, it's not the same notes exactly. And I think if, if I was a better at analyzing music, I would even say maybe that instead of instead of coming down that half step, maybe it's still the same note, but they, he just raised it an octave mm-hmm. to still get the same tone. I don't know for sure, but because it, it still has that same feel when the Raptors show up during the attack. So John Williams, uh, we're going to find him guilty on using this a lot, <laughs> but he uses it so well. The Lion King, this is a little harder to catch. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you find this one at? This is uh, when when uh, Simba is down in the 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 valley. Is that the right? Well, like, it's more like almost a canyon. It's, it's yeah, down I, oh, in the yeah. I I get it now. When he's down in there, and uh, Scar sends the hyenas down to him, it's kind of more action mm-hmm. played, but it is there. Kill him. He's being chased away by the highness. Kill him, you know. <laughs> so, yes. Now, I know you know where it's in Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Making Christmas, making Christmas is a doom. Yes. And Tim Burton has used this some other times. In fact, even Batman Returns, when you see the clown, uh, tri- triangle clown gang are rigging up the Batmobile. hear it in there as well hmm. yes yeah, so oh, tim burton you know i bet he's used it a ton of times oh, so i think I'm somebody sure not even sweeney todd but that's probably the best one though in nightmare before christmas because they're literally singing it <laughs> <laughs> which we're gonna find happens in another disney film uh more literal even in singing it because they actually use the lyrics but uh, another disney film pirates of the caribbean on stranger tides when the uh, Spaniards show up to destroy the Fountain of Youth, you can hear it again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched that movie in a good long time. Senorita, the chalices, por favor. But uh, there, sometimes it's done playfully. And uh, maybe this is in your head already now. Home Alone, it's used for Old Man Marley. Oh, there we go with John Williams again. Right, good old Johnny. <laughs> but this this almost is played for a laugh because okay, so you have the scene where they're up in the window and they see old man Marley's coming out and he's you know he's putting salt on the sidewalk. He's being a nice guy, really. 
but he's supposedly hiding the bodies of his victims in the salt, you know, and it's Buzz <laughs> and their cousin or whatever, and, and he's, Buzz is telling this story. And when Old Man Marley looks up there and kind of sees, and Kevin sees him, you hear dun 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 dun, almost over dramatically childlike. Mm. Uh, so it's, and I think it might even be used at other times that he come across Old Man Marley, but uh, it's 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 almost done for for a, a laugh. But you, you're getting a childlike perspective of the scary old guy, so it is like yeah. doom. You know, so it's kind of almost playful. Groundhog Day uses it very sadly. Do you know where it's placed in Groundhog Day? I don't. It's been a while since I've seen Groundhog Day. I watch it every year. But uh, the main time you're going to hear it is when he's getting to be suicidal, and you'll hear it played very sadly and mournfully at the point where Bill Murray is standing at the top of window in his pajamas of the bed and breakfast. I think, well, it's some building at least, and he just falls off committing suicide you'll hear it there playing very mournfully and it is a requiem at that point and it's very 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 sad <laughs> it's a wonderful life Clarence! Clarence! help me Clarence get me back get me back I don't care what happens to me Get me back to my wife and kids. Help me, Clarence, please. Please. I want to live again. I want to live again. I want to live again. Please, God, let me live again. When's the last time you watched this one? Um, Christmas. Of course. So you'll hear it again on the bridge. And just, oh, I love that movie. It's such a, oh. There's a lot of old movies are just some of the best movies. Casablanca actually came up in the, the soundtrack show here recently, and I love that movie. So, I mean, old movies, you know, when you're younger, sometimes you see something in black and white, and you don't, and you're like, eh. But some of those old movies are just fantastic, and they use DSE Ray sometimes. Well, if we look at the 2000s, let's take a look at uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and mainly the Fellowship of the Ring, you can find some uses for it, but it, uh, it will occur throughout most of it. It's almost a theme for the ring itself. Shore was really kind of creative with his uses of Dies Irae. It's it's not direct quotations, but he plays with it a little bit where it's there, but it's not quite the same. But like when uh, when Bilbo is slowly dropping the ring from his hand, also used very heavily when uh, like when we're looking at the army that Saruman is building and we go into the undercaves, you'll kind of hear it's it's yeah 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 like Dies Irae. You know, it's little modifications. But it's it's there. It's not direct quotations, but it's gives he's giving that same feeling, and he's kind of still doing it. And you'll find it used. You know, those a lot of those themes 
are used throughout the film, but a lot of times it's it's almost like a theme for for Sauron and the Ring, because uh, this is a wrath and doom, mm-hmm. wrath and doom, and we're gotta go to Mount Doom to get rid of this thing. But oh, here we go, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. This, if you if you have a copy of this CD, go read the lyrics, because there's a lot of Latin lyrics. But you'll find in the prologue, uh, it's it's when the gypsies are being chased by uh, Frollo. The choir, the chorus is even literally singing Dies Irae as she's being chased. It's so cool. I'm like, and I, I, it's something I never would have caught until I learned about this. And I learned that that's what it was called. That I, I was watching the movie and I was like, oh my gosh. And I, that's another time nudging Heather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're literally singing Dies Irae. <laughs> literally. Oh, and, it's the words. And you can even find the theme in Frollo's songs. It, it's there. It's very subtle, but you can very hear it. Subtle. You, you can hear it in there as well. I mean, it's, um, Gypsy, see it's your turn. Yeah. So it, it's not right on the full word. It's just right on the edge of it. And even in, um, oh, uh, the song he sings with, you uh, are before. Anyhow, it's there too. It, it's there too. Oh, you are deformed. You are ugly. I am your only friend. Yeah. Your only friend. You kind of can make that case, yeah. 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 I mean, it's kind of there, but it's not like overt, but it is kind of there. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I only just noticed in that prologue because that got me excited <laughs> when I heard him say the words. Now, it's weird how they use it in Gremlins 2. Yeah, yeah. How, how did they use it there? It's actually at the end of the film when they're killing all the gremlins. Mm. Appropriate. You know, it's, just, it's a day of doom <laughs> for the gremlins. Uh, and you'll kind of hear it right. I think it's even right before you have what's left of the brain when singing, New York, New York. Mm. And it's really kind of slowly, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, this is one I'd forgotten about because John Williams is so subtle with this one. The main theme of Jaws. And you, you, you're you thinking of two notes, right? For Jaws? Doo-doo. But when it starts to pick up, he has a highlight note that turns... Sorry. Well, you know... Maybe it's not there. And here we go. You know, let's challenge our listeners. If you can find instances of DSE let us know. Reach out to us on our Facebook page. Yeah, because yeah, there's literally millions this. of samples you could find throughout the history of film where you're going to find it. Friday the 13th apparently used it in, in nearly every movie. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but we don't usually cover that kind of movie here. So, <laughs> But yeah, you're going to start noticing, especially if you love film scores, you're going to hear it. And I even it's really hard to hear the, the use in Poltergeist. Uh, but at towards the end of Poltergeist... Uh, when the the neighbors have pulled the mother out of the the pool and she's looking up and the lights and everything are going crazy in the house towards the end and it's just sharp tones dun 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 it's sharp tones but it's mixed in with some other stuff 
but it is there. But it's it's until some, unless somebody points it out, I have a hard time hearing it myself. So yeah, it's used a lot in scary stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's probably used that we haven't thought of. So yeah, send oh, us yeah. an email or something. All right, but I guess we're about ready to wrap this up here. I I, I think we've drugged this out as about as far as we can. We've gone about as far as we can go because everything's up to date now in Neverland. I'm making really bad, stupid movie references again. Well, that's not just a movie. That's uh, that's a musical. Yes, indeed. And close enough to you, you know, because... Oh, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. Well, not just that. They talk about Kansas City. Yeah, because everything's up to date here in Kansas City, so I'm exactly. allowed to sing that song as much as I want. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that's going to wrap it up for this week. I hope that's uh, it's been fun for you. And now that we've got that little tune in your head... We've gone about I as far as you we can go. It. Yeah, and I hope you hear it every time you, you come across a movie. You're going to be like, oh, there it is. And anytime you hear it, just yeah, tell us, because we, we get excited about these kind of things, because it's, it's just kind of cool. So, but we'll hopefully see you next week. Uh, I do have plans for at least one other show I wanted to get done in October. Uh, scheduling is a little funky for me right now, but you know, I, I still, I haven't really missed a week. I almost missed one last week. We had a little mild oopsie that I made, uh, that I made, I managed to get something out at least. I'm glad. Uh, but so hopefully we'll get something out next week. If we don't, uh, that's okay. You know, a uh, little bit of a transition I'm dealing with, and I want to make sure I'm putting as much effort into the show as I possibly can to make it the best daggum show that you hear from me. You know, I don't know if this is the best podcast you're ever going to hear, but you know, it's at least the best one that I can give you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the goal here you know i just want to make a good show and I, I just want you to have fun and enjoy your time here and maybe you learn some things and uh so much to where you want to tell your friends about it because i appreciate that and you get other people to listen and we grow this community and you know what if you really want to help keep this thing going find links to our patreon page at neverlandpodcast.com or even if you go to Patreon dot com slash neverland podcast you can donate there you can also go to our shop and find some really fun merch i have some shirts and all kinds of different things with some fun designs on there including unicorn p <laughs> which yeah i need to make some more designs at some point but i just don't have the time but uh yeah there's there's some things in there so you can get some fun little merch uh which does every little bit does help us out keeping this thing going but until next week Keep a pixie in your pocket. And, well, you know what? There's a big sounder that's going to say all that, so why should I do it, right? So we'll just <laughs> say goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. 
All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.